Good evening and welcome to another edition of the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined as always by my friend Rob. What's going on, Rob? Not much, man. How you doing today? <sighs> doing all right. It is uh weather's getting a little better. Time has changed. There, there's some teams are playing in a tournament this weekend. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, in theory. In theory, yeah, we'll see. I, I was thinking today, I'm like, was this really the right move to bring them all to the same place? Like, yeah. I, I don't know. It seems uh, dicey. It seems dicey. Uh, we will certainly get to COVID today, tonight. Um, but we are glad to be with you, despite um, what's going on with football, and we'll get to that in a second. Uh, and Rob, we are brought to you tonight by Home Field Apparel. From, yes, yes. From guys from Indiana who make awesome vintage shirts. And uh, we both, I, we, I, we started to get our first round of shirts. I got a gold shirt, which is actually great because I don't think I have any yellow in my, you know, gold in my wardrobe with the purple script Dukes. Oh, that's a nice one. It's, it's a nice that's one. A nice yeah, one. it's really good. So yeah, everybody go check out Homefield Apparel. If you use the code JMU Sports Blog, you get 15% off your order. Um, that's pretty cool. I saw like some of the biggest ones, Rob, the big podcasts, you know, the fancy people, they get 20%. So I feel hey. like we're not, Hey, we're, we're getting there. We're getting there. We're, <laughs> we're in, we're in the ballpark, but thank yeah. you to home field. We really, um, we wouldn't be pushing this if we didn't think it really was good stuff. It, it's excellent, mm-hmm. excellent apparel. And they really did their homework and, and dug deep to really get into the sports culture of JMU. So go check them out and use that JMU sports blog pot, um, code for 15% yeah. off. Yeah. It's really cool. And, and, uh, they're just, they got a lot of cool shirts. So whoever, you know, if your wife, family, kids, whatever, as especially I was thinking about this week with the tournament, the March Madness, like if you got other schools you support, they're probably on there and yep. you can get cool stuff. They're adding new schools all the time. So, um, you know, wherever someone went, it's, it's a cool one to look at. So big thanks to them. Um, we're going to do a little roundup tonight. Just catch everybody up. We didn't do a roundup last week because we had so much uh, hoops and, and football news. And again, thanks to Coach O from last week. Um, and then we're gonna, we are gonna we are going to talk football tonight. We will do four downs uh, regardless of the situation. And we got a real overtime tonight. So, Rob, I'll kind of run through this. If you want to jump in, you can at any point. Uh, the big news this week, uh, non-football related, was that women's hoops lost a tough one in the tournament semifinal to Drexel. Um, man, I, the women fought hard down the stretch of that game to try to, it, oh, it was just such a frustrating game all the way around. Um, you know, I, ah, they kept fighting all the way to the very end of that game. They almost came almost put nothing in overtime. Yeah. Um, came back to tie it. Um, yeah. Just so frustrating. And I think coach O knew, right. He said, that that semifinal game was going to be a battle. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and we've said it all along. I mean, as exciting as it was to see JMU picked to win in the preseason, this really was, was a bit of a bridge year. I don't want to say full rebuilding. They had too much talent to say it's full rebuilding, but they were replacing a lot. So it was a tough year for all the reasons that you'd, you'd realize. And mm-hmm. for all the reasons coach O said, you know, he mentioned that he was not a fan of these this back-to-back format, which Jamie seemed to struggle with. Um, but they've got a lot of young talent on the roster. It, it, it's really looking towards next year. So as disappointed as I was, I'm very optimistic about the future of this program to see Kiki Jefferson as a sophomore score 31 points, mm-hmm. um, you know, to see the, the freshman play well, they missed, they missed rain. 
you know, this, they seem to have really bad injury luck come tournament pretty much every year, um, which is why last year was so painful. They were all healthy and ready to go. And then the tournament didn't happen, but, um, so it was tough. I mean, they, they definitely missed rain there, but there were some really, really good young basketball players on that squad. And I think next year and the year after they are going to be an absolute force. Yeah. And it's weird to say with this program, women's basketball, who has, you know, established such a tradition and a history yeah. of winning. Mm-hmm. Um, but I couldn't believe last week when Coach O told us, I still hadn't gotten my head around. He told us last week he didn't have a single player on his roster who had played a single postseason minute yeah. at JMU. Yeah, that was, was staggering. That was a staggering stat to think about because it's been a while, but none of them played in the CAA tournament last year. And losing a game the way they did, um, you know, uh, going to overtime and, and losing by, you know, losing at the end and not having rain and everything that went into this, like you hope it's weird to say with this program, but they actually had to learn. They need to learn how to win again, they do. which isn't something we've said ever before with this women's program in like 15 years. And this is the kind of thing that hopefully teaches them how to win going forward. Yeah. Um, For a really talented group. So, yeah. Um, Congrats to the women on making it to the finish line. You know, we hate it that they didn't win, uh, but we'll uh, be looking forward to next year. Um, Men's basketball, a little bit of news this week, uh, just that there are a few transfers out of the program. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, you know, thank you is in order to thank you and good luck to Michael Christmas, a guy who was recruited under the old regime, played pretty well this year in a somewhat, you know, limited but defined role on the team this year. I mean, I did feel like his game took a jump this year, but Rob, you and I said, you know, not to knock any of those particular kids, but those seem to be the roles those kids were going to play for the rest of their time at JMU, given the talent on the roster now. Um, And it's understandable to me, if you are now locked into, say, a seventh man role, that a kid might have a desire to go somewhere where they have a bigger uh, opportunity. Yeah, I think that perfectly sums it up. I'm not going to knock him at all. I mean, particularly after pushing through this year, Mm -hmm. this was a character testing and character building year uh, for college athletes all over. But to get through this year... Um, work that hard and then really see the writing on the wall and in likelihood in all likelihood Christmas was never going to be a regular starter at JMU. He was going to be a contributor, but he's going to be a contributor off the bench um, in a role that he he played, you know, he did, he did that quite admirably this year, but if you work that hard, you put all that time in, I can see one to go someplace where you might have, have a shot at more minutes or, or a starting job. Um, this happens. This is college basketball today. You're going to have guys leave every year. You're going to have guys coming in. It, it, recruiting is is a year-round, four-year thing. For every player you recruit, you need to continually recruit them to keep yeah. them in your program. Coach, I said last week. Yeah, and, and he's right. I mean, he's not. that's not blowing smoke. That's something you need to do. It is, it is bad at other programs. I mean, UNCW had four guys enter the, pro, enter the portal. Um, Northeastern Walker up at Northeastern. Yeah. You know, the guy who, if not for Matt Lewis, would have been player of the year mm-hmm. in the CA. He hit the portal. Might Charleston had its State. top two scorer, yeah. top two scorers. Um, well, one guy who was the leading scorer then, then got injured, but it is, it's rough out there. And this is maybe why more than, more than any other reason, the CA needs to step up as a whole because until they do, and they start getting back to that, at least 
top 15 conference level, mm-hmm. pretty much any league in the country can come poach these guys and say, yep. Hey, you're going to have a better shot. You know, do you want to be in a, in a one bid league or do you want to come maybe, you know, get minutes? It, it's conceivable. Some of these guys will end up at, at P5 type programs, but I also think you can have situations like Dwight Wilson, mm-hmm. you know, go be a leading scorer on an Ohio team that's going to the tournament. Yep. Um, uh, Parker ended up at App State, a team that isn't good, going but it's going to dance. He's going yeah. to the tournament. Um, and he had a rough, rough year, unfortunately. I mean, I, I like that guy, but man, it, it some of the shooting woes he had at JMU really appeared to worsen this year. Mm-hmm. So it's just one of those things. Like, if you're kind of, I don't want to say a bottom feeder conference, mm-hmm. but the lower tier, uh, you know, hanging on to that mid major status versus low major, mm-hmm. you're going to be fighting to keep your players every year. And even at the top schools like Northeastern, Charleston, and, and, and now JMU, I'd consider one of the strong schools. So it's a battle. I'm pretty confident that Byington's going to hold on to the core. Uh, I have no inside information, but um, this Christmas one didn't shock me, and I, I will root for the guy wherever he lands. Sure. And and I did see that Shane Metlin put some stuff out today that it will be interesting to see how the transfer portal goes in the opposite direction for JMU as well, um, in the incoming direction. I, I think Coach Byington definitely – has his iron has a lot of irons in the fire, and Shane made it sound like, um, you know, Jamie might be in contention for some. I don't know what you consider to be a name prospect, but that's what's interesting to me. Is does that mean a kid who like a Vado Morse who was right has proven themselves at maybe even even lower conference, yeah. and is coming to JMU or at a lateral conference and might be coming over, or does that mean? a seventh man who's leaving wake forest because they're frustrated, you know, like, I don't know what that means, you know? Um, so yeah, that'll be interesting to see, um, in both directions this year, men's soccer, uh, they didn't play. (laughs) They're supposed to host Elon this weekend, uh, on Saturday, they are ranked in both polls. This still, they have a a win and a draw. Uh, there's nothing much to say, um, but they are ranked in both at least two different polls. There, there is a wild fluctuation. I saw they were 14th in one and like 24th in the 20, other. Yeah, like, but late. I guess when teams haven't played at weeks at a time, who knows how this stuff works. Mm-hmm. Um, women's soccer lost at Towson this weekend. They um, have a very formidable foe in the number eight seeded Cavaliers coming to town on Thursday, uh, which is cool. Uh, some people might be able to go out there to Centera or what am I calling it? Whatever park. Um, Centera. Centera Park. Centera and, park. And, uh, and get to watch, uh, you know, some big time women's soccer there on Thursday night. And then um, that could be a rainy mess. And then they're supposed to go to Elon uh, on Sunday, but we will see as always. Uh, baseball took two of three from VMI this weekend, which is a good thing. They go to Elon this weekend. I don't have anything to say about baseball, except they are three and six. We really like coach Ike but it's probably time pressure's to see on. some pressures on right now yeah. for that program. Um, probably of all the programs at JMU, the one that, um, I don't know, you, you wonder how it feels like the stuff is in place for that program to be more successful and it just keeps not happening for them. So certainly in terms of facilities and things like that. And um, yeah. And just location. I mean, I think, you know, location the Valley's got a them. pretty good summer league. That's what I was going to say it, it kind of hurts them in other sports, but in baseball and softball, it, it's actually, you know, they, they get good support mm-hmm. in, in it's a real baseball mad region um, with the summer leagues and everything. I mean, people will come out to watch those teams if they are good as proven by the six and O softball Dukes are 
Uh, they, <laughs> they they did some damage to. Oh my gosh! Did they their, put up a football to the Rhode score. Island Rams? Yes, they uh, beat Rhode Island in two games this weekend. Um, they run ruled them in five innings both days and a combined score of thirty-one to one, including Sunday's twenty to zero game. No hitter had, too. No hitter and eight home runs on the other side. Yeah. Um, I, I really don't know what to say. Uh, they're 6-0. and They have ECU coming in for three this week. Uh, you know, they could get – and we'll see what happens. But, I mean, if they could get another two or three games under their belt and get out to kind of a, a gaudy – you know, if they could race out to an 11-1, 12-0, mm-hmm. 14-1 type start, um, the the – the media will, you know, people will pay attention in this sport. JMU is enough of a, you know, they're they're one of those teams, right? They're like a men's basketball, San Diego State kind of thing, where, yeah. right, the softball powers will be like, oh, they must be really good again this year, and they they yeah. could be, yeah. <laughs> so, but exciting in that sport. Um, just wanted to shout out field hockey. I think they scrimmaged this past weekend. We got some nice messages about our old favorite team starting. And they do go, they do open their season. They're supposed to open this Friday at home against William and Mary and then go to UVA on Sunday. So hopefully uh, Coach Morgan's bunch is ready to go. And um, field hockey finally gets off the ground. Actually, Rob, I took the dog for a walk tonight and the high school field hockey team was playing <laughs> down the street. Oh, really? Yeah. So nice. it's always, every night there's lights on and I never know what's Never know what it is, Because yeah. sometimes football comes on Tuesday and like, I have no idea. Like they're all playing at the same time. So yeah, it's pretty funny. Uh, or at least all the high school sports are playing because JMU sports are not playing. Um, no, lacrosse also did some damage. Uh, I don't know if you saw they um, twenty-one to one over Wofford. <laughs> I they, assume they Wofford a, is like starting a program or something. I don't know. <laughs> they put a similar hurting on George Mason. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, uh, yeah, it's... and the really good news with lacrosse is we've been kind of nervous about them, and then they lost that game to Elon and. We were worried about the games they missed earlier in the season, um, but they're supposed to play GW. To, what, will, what will be tonight for most people listening to this Tuesday night, and then they they are re, re they have rescheduled the original game at UNC um, on this Sunday. So they're supposed to go to Chapel Hill this Sunday. So big, big, big opportunity for them against the number one team in the nation to show that you know they can compete, and they don't have a lot of opportunities for that. So. It looked like the UVA game is rescheduled as well, but again, in spring 2021, there are no guarantees because, as we know from volleyball, who was postponed at Elon last weekend, they are supposed to host College of Charleston this week. I do not know if that will happen. Um, UNC, they did beat UNC Wilmington a couple weeks ago, so they were sort of over their initial loss to Delaware and off and running, I guess. Um, With that... (laughs) We come to the football portion of the show. This is the Four Downs brought to you by Mossy Creek Fly Fishing in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Go by the shop, visit the team at Mossy Creek. It is time, Rob. How great was this weekend? And we will talk about this weekend and the weather um, here in this segment, I have a feeling. But uh, it's time. You you want to get out and go fishing. So if you want to schedule your lessons or buy your new gear, go do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The weather is coming. Time has changed. Um, go do it. Uh, yep. The guys will help you out. Just tell, it is just float miss- season. It is yeah. float season. I saw them out there. T- they post some pictures today about taking people out. So nice. um, book your trips now. It is it is going to be filling up quickly. You know, as we speak, there's probably dates being ripped off the calendar. Yeah. And please tell them um, 
we said hello and you'll get a free sticker. So thanks to Mossy Creek. Rob, what's your, I, I don't know, I'll take first down this week just to say that everyone should read the, what should, what should we say? Football was postponed again this week, the yep. game against Richmond. Um, the technical reading, there are some, Rob and I have no inside information on this, but we are following along with the rest of you, maybe closer than usual. Um, we're very concerned about the long-term health of this endeavor. Uh, the, the endeavor being playing the college football season, not necessarily the health of the players, we hope. Um, there is an interesting article from Greg Medea in the Daily News Record today about COVID protocols in the CAA, where he talked to our favorite frenemy, Joey D, um, commissioner of the conference, who you know turned around and immediately threw JMU under the bus and said, this is a school decision. Um it's, I don't know. Anyways, it, 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 he didn't really throw them under the bus. I'm, I'm exaggerating. But he did make clear that this was not the conference uh, dictating this. There wasn't particular rules. It was up to teams, depending on how many players are missing, whether they could play or not play in a given week. They encouraged them to follow the FBS guidelines that were out in the fall, which said things like you have to have a quarterback. You have to have a, you know, six linemen. I mean, there was there were some position groups that had um, some threshold numbers. I would just say for first down, it's an interesting article if you're if you want to. And then also to note that JMU's press release tonight not only said the game against Richmond was postponed, it also said the program was going on pause. That's the part that really yeah gave so me I, pause. I, no pun intended. I read that as meaning last week they were not on pause. Yeah. Right. Um, and this week they are. I don't know whether the pause is due to, I mean, it could be a lot of reasons, right? One could just be an increase in numbers. One could be coaches angry at players for, or, or assistant coaches or what have you for um, behavior. And the third could be if we, I, I think the real answer, no matter if any of those other things are true is if they don't solve it this week, the season's over. I, I would gotta be so. my guess, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean it, it, you just, you just run have, out of, you run out of time. Yeah, they have a, a spare week built in the schedule between the end of the regular season and the playoffs. April 17th is an open date at the moment. Yeah. So at least one of these two games, William & Mary or Richmond, could be made up on that date, presumably, um, if the other school agrees and doesn't have problems themselves. So I think at seven games with five conference games, you know, JMU could have an – I mean, they'd have a pretty – they'd be just as strong as anybody else in terms of like an argument for the playoffs. If they start getting down to six, five, six games and three or four conference games, I don't know at what point they cross the threshold of not being able to play. Right. I don't, Yeah, you got to play. I think you have to play four or five conference games. I mean, at, at some point you, I don't know. I, Rob, that's my question to you for second down is, um, you know, how concerned are you for the season and do you, I guess that's what I'll start with. Yeah, I'm over it. I'm just I'm, <laughs> I'm completely over it. I, I don't I don't know if it's just the pause last week that I I didn't really pay attention to the national landscape. I'm sorry if that makes me not a hardcore fan, but I just took it as like whatever. They're not playing. I got my Saturday afternoon do what I want. I didn't watch any other games. I checked scores. Um, mm-hmm. I just I I think I just lost all interest for the most part, and certainly the playoffs. And, you know, we've talked, I've been skeptical about the feasibility of, of doing a full playoff anyway. 
even the 16 game version. I just, I don't think this is worth it. Um, I, I don't know. It's just, it, it hasn't been particularly interesting to me so far. I think it's such a wacky season with different teams approaching it in different ways. And clearly this has probably a lot to do, if not is almost entirely driven by JMU's kind of lackluster play um, where it hasn't been that exciting. But I kind of went through, as we talked last week, like when I was watching that Elon game in real time, mm-hmm. you had the benefit of watching it. Yeah, yeah, you're see, right. you, yeah. You, you could see the positives. I went full off the deep end halfway through there and I completely changed my expectations, which were going in like, okay, can this team take another step forward to prepare to prepare for the playoffs to, oh my gosh, during the Elon game, I was thinking like, oh my gosh, can this team improve enough this spring so they can compete with the CA North come fall? Like that's right. literally where I was. Like th- there's yeah. just a lot to try to patch and fix up on the fly. And I don't know if it's worth doing that in a spring season like it to me it's it's still there's a very real possibility you could get to the playoffs and one of the better teams or, or one of the contenders might be out you know mm-hmm. you, you just yeah you, we could see it this weekend with march madness like so for me it's all can they make the necessary improvements and really shore up the offensive line really figure out the quarterback position figure all that stuff and then really come ready to compete for a quote-unquote real season and real playoff push in the fall that's mm-hmm. kind of where my head is now. Um, like you said, if they have one more game canceled, it's kind of just, do you pick up the towel and, and go, or do you just do what I'm saying and say, hey, you know what? The playoffs are off the table. Let's try to get three more games in or whatever we can. And really just, I don't want to say go crazy and forget about the results, but really play them with the intention of taking that step forward and getting your team ready for the fall. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know what the right answer is. Like, how do you feel about this? Am I being an alarmist or am I just too negative but no I don't think I, I don't think so I mean I think you're being realistic about it I don't I, I don't know I mean I just I don't have a I don't have a window into how the players and the players families feel about everything right now you know yeah. and that's that to me would be the perspective that is missing from the outside but is really important you know I want them to play and it's just it's such a reminder that football, maybe more than so many other sports, just because of the sheer roster numbers, um, is tougher to do in this environment. I don't know what to say. Yeah, I really don't. I um, I won't be heartbroken. That's what I know. I mean, that's I maybe that's the tell is I won't be like heartbroken in the way that I every other season I am heartbroken whenever the last loss comes right when the season is over yeah if the, you know whether that comes in the end of the regular season or early in the playoffs or all the way in frisco if they lose at the end of the season if they don't win in frisco i i have a real like it's tough processing to time it takes yeah. me a few a few days to kind of put it behind me mm-hmm. and this year you know if we get to next t- monday and they say we're not playing again eh, that's time that's kind of i am it's just it's like springtime and we'll go on I, now if they're playing I'll be excited to talk to you next Monday about the game. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll watch and right. I'll be excited and I'll cheer when they mm-hmm. win and everything. But I think you summed it up perfectly. It It's not going to hurt me if the season ends. And that's very telling. Um, in some cases, it might even be a little bit of a deep breath or a relief. Mm-hmm. Uh, particularly, like, I, I think a deep playoff run that didn't end in a championship would be really crushing this year because <laughs> I would go straight to that 
oh my gosh, you know, like it would be exciting to think like clearly you'd have a new quarterback, you know, getting yeah, some like, playoff maybe we'd points. Be, that would show us we're good. It it show us you're good. So that's that's encouraging. But it also would be like, oh crap. I, I would be constantly worried that did these extra two or three weeks, did they help us? Or did they put us behind the ball in terms of being healthy and ready come September? I don't know what the answer would be. And that's it's irresponsible to even speculate on that now. But it just seems off. Like I was very excited to have it back and I enjoyed watching the first couple of games. And I even enjoyed as as dicey as it was, I even enjoyed watching the Elon game. But when it went away last week, it wasn't that big of a break for me. You know, like yeah. if you had a regular season game canceled in a typical fall season, uh-huh. I would be, I don't want to say distraught. But right. it would be a big deal. Like, I would be like, yeah. oh, my gosh. You know, we'd be texting all day. This is right. so weird. There was none of that. It's like, oh, man, the game's canceled. That sucks. Yeah. And then it just went away. And it's like everybody got over it. There wasn't a lot of complaining on Twitter or back and forth. We didn't have any group texts going in ways that I think if this yeah. happened in the fall, it, we absolutely oh. would have. So, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's it's unusual. I'm trying to focus on the positive. Mm-hmm. But I'm having a tougher time justifying trying to play through this if there really are issues and people really are sick and i don't know if this is position groups are sick or if this is all contract tracing but you start to be like man we're getting so close as a country to really turning the corner and, and being on the true path to normalcy is it worth playing spring football if if there's a potential to to reverse that or or halt it in some way i don't know what the answer is but i'm losing my enthusiasm pretty rapidly for this season yeah, my third down. We went for a walk with the dog tonight, Rob, and uh, I. The the thing we were talking about was, it is it actually harder, from a, COVID standpoint, any, you know, putting aside any. We're, we're not scientists. Um, none of our fan, fellow fans are scientists, right? We're putting aside the like severity of illness and the arguments over all this stuff. And yeah. ace, like, don't, no big words here. I just think it may be harder to play a spring season in Harrisonburg than it was, for example, to play a fall season in Columbus at Ohio State. Yeah. And the only reason I, I don't, it could be any any F big FBS school. I think what I'm trying to say is, I think in the fall there was a fairly nationwide understanding still going into the fall semester from most students who had been kicked out of school unceremoniously back in March and April mm-hmm. that like if we want to go to school and we want to do any activities at all, we have to like follow all the rules, mm-hmm. right? And the like country's problem against the pandemic was not in any way under control in say September mm-hmm. of last year. And now we've hit this point in March um 2021 where I I don't know what to say. Like you said we're getting close. We feel like we're getting close from a like general br- big macro perspective. We're getting close to being okay, but we're also like it, I don't know if you're 19 right now. I just there's some fatigue know. setting in. And what did you do this weekend, Rob? What was it like Saturday, Sunday? Weather was that weather was nice. Starting to get oh, a little we're... sunnier. What'd you guys do? You go out, go outside, yeah, and do we're... some stuff. Right? Yeah, I mean we we were out and about. Like I, I'm very fortunate. We're both my wife and I are fully vaccinated, so it's like we're we're kind of back. Um, now most of our friends aren't. So this weekend we really didn't do much of anything. But the week before we got together with friends for like a dinner party 
because everybody's vaccinated. And it's like, you start to really just feel like, wow, you're back. But you also realize like, it appears like everybody was doing that. You walk around my neighborhood, there are a lot of people, you know, pretty small. I didn't see anything irresponsible, but there are a lot more people, backyard fire pits, um, all the places, all the beer garden type places, people were out there having fun. It's just, there are a lot of people out and about. And I think everybody feels like we've earned it after this long winter. And I think a lot of people feel like they know how to do things in a responsible fashion and not push the limit. Well, that's very easy for us as adults. I think for college kids, it's probably way, way harder. And it's probably a lot easier to rationalize things away because you you're not really at a huge you're not risk really. of problem, yeah. right? And you're invincible yeah. when you're 19 to begin with, yes. with or without a pandemic. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's kind of what I was getting to. And I, Rob, I was just thinking back many, 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 many years for us. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about this weekend, this past weekend. You know what that weekend was like at JMU. Yeah. That weekend, sometimes it occurs the first weekend in March. Sometimes it occurs the third weekend in March. But, but the first, there like, is a weekend sleeves. sometime short around sleeves this weekend. time. And yeah. it usually comes right around the first weekend of the tournament. Um, mm-hmm. you know, for the sports fans in us, we remember these things, but yes, you know what it is, right? It's when everybody starts getting in their shorts and short sleeves and everybody wants to go out. And that night usually ends at a party in some apartment or townhouse yeah. where you shouldn't still be out. Right. I yeah. mean, like, and yeah. I, you know, I, that's the, again, I just, I totally understand that. And I think as adults and as citizens, most of us are like over this, whether or not, like, and in some ways that applies whether or not you've gotten the vaccine, I think it, but in particular, if you're in a low risk group, you're just over this whole crap and they can tell us about the 4th of July or whatever the future that you might see is, I think the market's going to address this on its own one way for better or worse mm-hmm. over the next couple months, you know, like, yeah. like people are going to do things and then it's either going to be okay or it's not going to be okay. And then they'll stop doing things. But I, I think. I just, I don't know. That's where I am. Yeah. I mean, I don't have much left on this. I just don't know what the answer is. I hope the kids want to come together and play. I hope there is some way to play. It's really fun for me as a fan. You said this week with March Madness, I'm going to enjoy the games in whatever form they are. Unless Gonzaga wins the tournament, I'm not going to take the result very seriously. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Right. I mean, I would, I would give credit to Gonzaga because they've sort of proven it, but Anybody else, I'd be like, eh, whatever. It was the weird tournament. Like, like I don't. I'm not mad that the Nats didn't defend the title last year in the yeah. weird baseball season. Yeah, you know, I don't care. I don't think any of us cared about any of that. I, I'm sure if you were a fan of one of the teams who won, the, <laughs> it was great, right? Yeah, but come on, yeah, yeah. I, this is. I've never been less excited about March Madness, and I love March Madness. I, I mean. Mm-hmm. watching all the games and you know even in the past i've taken days off and gone and watched them with, with prayers and stuff like that but i just i have had a really difficult time getting into college sports this year i got very into the nba which we've talked about ad nauseum on, on the podcast but um i'll tune into like the random you know games whenever they're on espn but there has not been a single basketball game beyond jmu that has been appointment television for me i haven't made i haven't tuned in like if it's there and i'm flipping through i'll watch and i'll be like oh yeah you know that that's a top prospect it's neat to see him play but otherwise i just i don't care this this might mean a really fun tournament because it could get really wacky well that's yeah um that's the one fun but it's going to be really hard to take seriously if we get through if somebody wins on friday and they can't go on sunday yeah or something yeah. like that 
You know? And yet basketball, even, even that doesn't feel quite as imp- like football actually feels more impossible in that way only yeah. because like there's 64 teams. So mm-hmm. unless this happens in the final four, I'm just going to watch the next game. Yeah. Right. I mean, unless we get down to where there's fewer games, it's still just like fun, entertain, frivolous entertainment. Because yeah. to be honest, college basketball, if you're an old enough fan, that's what it is, right? It's yeah. kind of frivolous entertainment and where you might care a lot about your alma mater, but outside of that, you're just kind of enjoying it. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's about where we are with football. I didn't know what to say. I hope all the kids and their families are happy and healthy. I mean, I, that's all I really, I mean, the end of the day, that's the only thing that's going to matter this come this summer as they prepare for the fall. So, yeah. Yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, in some sense, if it really was Jamie's decision, then I applaud them for apparently putting the health and wellness of the, of the players above any single game. You know, if Joey D is right and it's no, it's a school's decision, well, then good on the school. Um, yeah. You know, it's clearly more than wins and losses here. Uh, I hope it's more of the contract chasing thing and just a small minority of people that are sick. I hope we're not dealing with any sort of big yeah, outbreak, widespread. you know, widespread or, or anything that, that would go on campus. But I got to <sighs> I gotta imagine we would have heard, you know, without anybody naming names. Yeah. I think the rumor mill, that would be on Twitter. If, 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 if it was like 20 football players in quarantine. Right. Somebody would know it would leak. So I think what's hard here though is right. I mean, they all like all of us, like everybody who ever went to JMU, they all live with their friends, right? They all live together, whether it's in a townhouse or in a dorm. So it's pretty easy to knock out like broad swaths from at least a contract tracing, contact tracing perspective pretty quickly. So yeah. Yeah. Anyways, good luck to them getting well. I really hope I do. I guess I do. I do hope there's better news next week, one way or the other. Um, or, and I, well, I guess I just hope that it's whatever the team really wants. I hope they're not missing out on an opportunity. They look back and regret. That's all. Yep. Um, that's it, Rob. I think we got an overtime tonight. A pretty fun one that you came up with. Yeah. And I just remember that I came up with it. So if, if oh, it looked I like I wasn't paying answer. attention, uh, I, yeah. I wrote some stuff down, but yeah. Well, that's what I was doing when you were going through kind of the all sports. Um, all right. What what are we doing here? We what is um, Women's History Month? So we thought we'd throw a little a little OT in the direction of some of mm-hmm. our favorite female artists. Yes, and that is the extent that we discuss this. I yeah, think I know. that was the then text. I really had to. I wrote down like a bunch of people, and then I thought I had to like take a step back and be like, "How am I approaching this? Like, how am I going to answer this?" And so. I I haven't really thought enough about it so i will let you go first okay um how many you want to do i don't just un- until a few. yeah uh, yeah just um, until it runs out three. okay so i i uh i tried to be honest with myself like there's a lot of people i like mm-hmm. but there aren't necessarily i have to admit like there are not it's a terrible thing to admit but it, i don't think there are as many female artists that i have like spent really serious time engaging with the content as much over the years um, as I would, would have hoped that fair. I had. I mean, there aren't know, as many that get pushed to the level that we like mediocre suburban consumer gets them right. Like, you know, it's so certainly with the, certainly with the genres that we're in. I mean, we, like if you're a pop music fan, yes. then yeah, women rule the world. Right. Um, yeah, you know what though? I was thinking about that. Like when I consider myself a pretty big music fan, and I certainly consider you a big music fan. I really only dive deep into a handful of artists. 
the rest true. of the people that I really like, when I say I'm a big fan, I, I don't go deep into their catalog, particularly now. My listening has changed where, you know, I'll pop in and listen to them on Spotify. But I I go deep in like my old school, you know, Tribe Called Quest and BC Boys, yeah. that stuff. But then otherwise, it's like The Strokes, yeah, Wilco, Grateful Dead, and then like Isabel and Sergio Simpson. And, and after that, I'm really more of a casual listener of of most things. So I don't go mm-hmm. super deep into anybody male or female beyond that core i'm kind of a, I get in a little bit of a rut when it comes to music and just oh i know do it that way um well the way i thought of it was which people have i really honestly like engaged with big portions of content over the years mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll go from in chronological order so my two kind of um i don't know for lack of a better term I really wanted to pick Emmy Lou Harris here. I, my two old school people. I really wanted mm-hmm. to pick Emmy Lou because shout out UNCG. Um, uh, so go Spartans this week. But um, I couldn't because I think of her more as a um, an accompanying artist. Like I love her with other people, mm-hmm. but I don't really like. I've tried. I think I own like four or five Emmy Lou albums, but it's not. The two old school ones that for me are the ones I couldn't leave off here were Tina Turner and Joni Mitchell. So I had Joni Mitchell. T- okay. So yeah. Joni Mitchell blue is an album that I like, I think you and I both uh, yes. sort of obsessed over after Cameron right Crowe pointed college, us in that direction. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. Through almost famous and stuff. Um, I, I just adore that album. I, I probably always will. Uh, it's also a polarizing album where there are people who don't like that, including yeah. other people in my household. And I, um, they're wrong. They're wrong. They're wrong, but it yeah. also makes me dig in more. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I just, I, I love Joni Mitchell for that. Um, and then Tina's just my all time, like, sort of, I don't know what to put on the juke. Like, if I'm in control, if I have the aux cord mm-hmm. and I don't know, like, what the crowd is going to do, I'm like 100% confident I could put Tina on. Yeah. And everyone will be cool with that. Yep. <laughs> like, you no, know, that's like, that's an excellent point. <laughs> like, um, and that goes back to your sister's uh, beach house, and yeah. uh, one summer in Nagshead many years ago uh, mm-hmm. with our friend Tina. Um, and yeah, it's just like you know, at two o'clock in the morning, that you cannot go wrong with Tina Turner. So. No, you cannot. <laughs> Any time my, of day, really. Yeah, those are my two old schools. So. Okay. Yeah. Well, I had Joni Mitchell too. Obviously yeah. that was near the top of my list. I, I love that album blue. That's not a very original statement to say that. I know it's a classic, but she's amazing. Um, another old school person I love is Janis Joplin. Mm-hmm. And I know that's not that's good everybody's one. I cup of tea. That yeah. yeah. That's not everybody's cup of tea, but no, I, love it. I got, I got really deep into um, Janis Joplin, then big Bo- big brother in the holding company. Probably the same time I was listening to to indigo girls i remember dragging all those cds to work and, yeah. and listening in my um in my <laughs> work computer like pop out the cd tray so i would say that and then indigo girls uh, good call fell, my fellow emory alums um actually yeah. had a restaurant Glad down the street from when i lived in atlanta mm-hmm. um they're definitely one and then in terms of newer like i've talked your ear off about this the past year but katie crutchfield uh solo pro- waxahachie I knew you were going to pick that one. I, so I didn't. Okay. I love it. I mean that yeah. that was my absolute favorite album of the year last year. I listened to that thing. I, I wore it out. It's I know it's streaming, so you can't necessarily wear out like you go to record. But if you could wear out a stream, I would have my whole family. Even it kind of rolls their eyes when I put it on. Uh, no matter what sort of mood I'm in, I listen to that. I spent a lot of time on my bike during the quarantine 
with with that one kind of going behind me like I was some sort of um, happy teenager riding around the neighborhood. So <laughs> I absolutely, I just that St. Cloud album I thought was perfect. So that's Everyone that was my big one last year. So this yeah. case, this this kind of got us talking about this last week because mm-hmm. I wrote you last week and you had brought up the Waxahachie album. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone should go look up this album because Rob brought it up a couple times last year in our intermittent COVID podcast. And um, and I normally would gravitate towards this album, but for some reason struggled with it for a while. Mm-hmm. And I wrote to you last week and I said, I to- it clicked. Like I put it back on last week. I don't know what it was. Um, I'm sure with all this awards talk, maybe there was some discussion of something. And I put it back on and I think it was too happy for me last year. <laughs> Yeah, I said, no, like I, it, I was kind of gravitating in the pandemic time last year, even in the summer, to kind of wintry, down, moody, moody music. Yeah. And this was actually like when the weather got nice last week. I was like, oh, now I get it. Like, yeah, uh, yeah so go listen to that. Well, um, I completely because the I totally get your mood thing because I said the counter to that was I loved Fiona Apple's "Fetch the Bowl Cutters." Yeah but I couldn't listen to it because it was too dark for me. Like I, I loved it, but I probably have only listened to it four or five times, Yeah, you know, end to end. And that's a terrific album as well. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. And then, so my next one that I did, Rob, so going forward from the old school to, I thought of the two, I tried to, I, I, I there were two that I'd written down that I wanted to talk about that were um, JMU for me, mm-hmm. that were my JMU. And I'm glad you brought up Indigo Girls. That wasn't one of them, but they were in that group. Um, and that was uh, Lauren Hill. The Miseducation yeah. album was still my end of my time, and yeah. I don't think there was a, there was probably no bigger album in the end of my college career than that. And there shouldn't have been because it's yeah. incredible and it holds up so well um, to go back and listen to. And then the other one for me, then the, my favorite in college, Rob, was Ani DeFranco. So yeah. I she's someone, um, and actually she would be upset. She's got a new I, album. She would be upset that I was mentioning her in a conversation of female artists because gender is a construct. And I understand that, Ani. Um, but yes, she, always fun. And she was someone that when we were at school, like it just made, I just thought it was, you know, I was an English major. I just thought it was cool. That, like nobody made me feel like more, I don't know, in touch with my other English majors. Than, than Sitting being able on to Pet talk Plaza about with your album. hockey sack. Yeah, yeah. Like, I couldn't pull, you, you can't, you can't bring Dave to like an English major group. Like, no. you know what I mean? Like that's not, it's you know, not you got to go deeper than that. And uh, yeah, this has got to be full Taylor down under action here. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know? so yeah. Um, but I love that. And I, there's, a, there's a couple little plastic castles is the album of hers that I just have, has stayed. It's been in, I have owned that in every format, I think like from tape to CD in college to whatever we, I mean, to Napster yeah. to, yeah, to now like on my Apple iTunes is still you know there. So yeah, those awesome. those were my two mid mid period ones. How about you? Well, I got another recent one is um Adrian Lenker. The mm-hmm. she, I like her solo stuff, and then I love what she does as lead singer Big Thief. Mm-hmm. That's another one of my albums that really got me through. Kind of last spring, I listened to them a lot. So I just think she's got a wonderful voice. I think she's a great songwriter, and um like I said, her solo stuff is great. But I really really like everything she's put out with Big Thief. That's awesome. Well, so much. So seriously in that vein, as I come into my like three or four modern, more modern people, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I've talked about Lucy Dacus over and over. Yes. I, she's someone that now has two albums out. Um, This is Richmond, Virginia's own Lucy Dacus. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also did stuff with Boy Genius with 
some of the people we're talking about. So um, she is, she has two albums out and the two of them I like so much that I am like, I was thinking about it today and she's in that rare category for me, Rob, where she probably has to mess up like three albums in a row now for me not to listen. Do you know what I mean? Like if, if she puts something out, I'm going to listen, I'm going to like seriously try to see if I appreciate it uh, for a while. So I really liked her this last couple of years. Um, yeah. uh, my favorite live one, the one I thought of, <clears throat> Rob, you know, I love Grace Potter. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually don't love much. I mean, Grace Potter, I guess, kind of a true jam band in that way, <laughs> in that, like, I don't particularly care too much about the studio albums. But if you get a chance to go see her, it's really fun. Like, it feels like a giant arena rock show, no matter mm-hmm. what the venue is. And it's, you know, and she plays, she's like yells and screams into the microphone, but also plays guitar and organ and everything else. Like it's really fun. <laughs> so that's another good one. Um, and then my country people, Rob, I, I mean, just Casey Musgraves, Brandy Clark, the last couple of years, a little bit Margot Price, um, but you know, all of them, I just have, they, they keep me going in my, in my traditional genre. So, you know who I really like and has not really taken off. Like I thought she would Holly Williams. Yeah. me too. Remember we saw her open for Jason Isbell. Yeah. And oh. I thought, she, I thought she was terrific and I did too. I mean, she's still making music, but I think she's moved on. She's got like an Airbnb empire or something. Oh now. really? <laughs> yeah. I it's wonder, not Airbnb. Yeah, we did see her open and she was great. We were like, she was she's terrific. Amazing. Yeah. And I, and really, I, I thought she was like a Williams. Huge. Now I yeah. also assume, right. I, I she's related to the, Hank. Like, yeah. I don't know what the Williams family fortune is like how deep it spreads, but she may also have the ability to, she's, she's not making art to survive. I don't think, no, you know, (laughs) in the way that many people are. So I, I I mean, maybe she is, I don't know, but yeah, I didn't only ones I thought about here, raw. I didn't bring up, you know, I've talked enough about Nora Jones on the podcast. Mm -hmm. Don't need to bring that up. Um, and I do love Taylor. So we're, we're headed for Taylor re-records here. There's a whole Taylor podcast out right now that I'm listening to. Um, where they go album by album. Yeah, I, I like catalog. her music. Yeah, I find her to be a rather distasteful human. <laughs> I just, I just something I think about that's her. Kind of just, what I appreciate, but just even it, last night, the one th- highlight I watched from the Grammys last night mm-hmm. was I watched the Taylor performance, and then I watched like the at least one of the speeches where it was just like the guys talking. Like she, I don't know, yeah. it's just so weird. Like, yeah, yeah, that was that was weird. It was um. It would, what uh, the Desners was speaking. Darren Desner, yeah. Well, and that was like seemed to be the whole press strategy from the moment they put the album out until now was he should always talk and she should never say anything. Um, but then it also was an interesting commentary on how music is made today because she thanked Justin Verner and then yeah. said, "I'm looking forward to finally meeting you," oh, which I wow. found fascinating. Like, I mean, clearly in COVID, you don't expect people getting together, but you know, they made two records this year and evidently did it all virtually. So and I thought that was kind of interesting. One and a half of them were very good. Like, yeah, those were some of my big COVID records. So yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. And speaking of last night, did you see Heim's performance? I did see that. That, that was, was really good. Really good. And really I was really good. thrilled I, I by that because I don't like, I like them. I, I really like that song. I do too. Um, it's, but that album's hit or miss like, for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's taken me a while to like 
Yeah. Like I wouldn't have said I li- I love them, but they were really fun to watch last night. And I've also just in the world of like listening to other people talk about things, they seem to be mm-hmm. pretty cool. Yeah. Like, and cool to other artists and like just other creative people. They seem very like supportive and encouraging. Yeah. Um, it also know. is just cool to see people so enthusiastic about their craft mm-hmm. and they just seem so damn happy to be playing music last night. Well, and why we're on the pop enthusiasm. I mean, Maggie Rogers, the last few years is another person I really enjoy, yeah. you know, who's like way too earnest for <laughs> any normal pop music, but yeah. But, yeah. Um, but uber talented. Yeah. And then, and then Phoebe uh, Bridgers. I thought one of us would bring her up, but well, she came up in boy genius a little bit. Yeah. She plays with Lucy Dacus. Yeah. So yeah, Phoebe, um, very entertaining personality, making some good stuff. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Brittany Howard, you know, Rob, we were both, I'm sure, we both spent a lot of time with Alabama Shakes albums the last few years. Yeah. And, and her um, own stuff. If you've ever seen them live, that is a treat. That yeah, woman I mean, can sing her butt off in person. A couple other live people I have seen that are really great, I was thinking that I had written down and didn't say today were Cat Power, uh, Chan, um, was it Chan Marshall? Mm-hmm. and uh tune yards which is uh meryl garbus another mm-hmm. actually nico case too i've seen we i think we've seen her open for my morning jacket really fun and i know you've gotten to see well you got to see dolly didn't you i did not my family oh did. you did oh yeah, okay. I, I did yeah not. but and then, but i've seen margo price i've seen brandy carlisle probably sierra I saw margo yeah I, I saw margo price play with john prine okay which was cool um Oh yeah, that's yeah. Great. I saw who? Oh, Saint Vincent. I saw oh, Newport yeah, yeah. Folk Festival. Mm-hmm. Very How enjoyable show. It was that, cool. That, it was really cool. She was like a side Newport stage. Show. Okay. Yeah, yeah it, they've got like a side stage under a tent, and it's like one of those wedding tent things. That okay. that size thing. So it was a really cool way to see her with the piano. Mm-hmm. But um, I enjoyed her way more live than I did on any of her albums. Yeah. But, oh, that's my Sierra Hall story. I got to see her at the Opry actually, and that was like super fun and cool and i love her covering other people's music and like playing with other people but i've tried during the last year to like engage deeper with her solo stuff and it's a little hard doesn't do it for you yeah i don't know i mean i love like we were both obsessed with her cover of the taylor song for Mm -hmm. a while um but yeah a little harder so i think that about exhausts me oh we didn't mention stevie nicks but she had a she had a heck of a 2020 as well, which was good yeah. to see. Always good to bring back Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> or Natalie Merchant. Or Natalie Merchant. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And you know, 10,000 Maniacs still tours, but without her. I'm like, what? That that, that just doesn't make sense. To Have me. you been listening to the Harvilla one, the, the 60 songs that explain the 90s? No, we've talked about it, and I've read yeah, some yeah. of the transcripts. It's just that there's a lot of this, like, he talks about that wheelhouse of people who still tour. Like... And they're obviously a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, but it's hard to tour without, you know, like, I don't know. It's just, yeah, yeah it, it's like, yeah. Um, it's like he just, without it, Pete the interesting part was also about all the nineties. He's like, these people, if you asked someone in 1996, if these acts were similar, they would have like yelled at you and there would have been a huge discussion mm-hmm. about how different these things were. But now they're all, across genres just the genre is 90s band yeah <laughs> it, it yeah there's nothing yeah exactly like, yeah that's that, like, that's, that's the common our show. it's our life right Rob? yeah <laughs> yeah so um well that's all we got for tonight uh thank you guys for joining us we're gonna rob's gonna get some sleep tonight um 
Yeah, we're both going to get some sleep. Maybe maybe yeah. I'll go fill out a bracket. I got to do that sooner or later. Oh yeah, you're right. Well, no, you got you got more time this year because the ter- well, yeah, the tournament doesn't st- the play in games are Thursday. What? Because there's what? this wild. Why they is have to it check Friday? in and then they have to do so many days? Of- I don't understand why it's Friday. I, it's like one day is changing the testing. I don't understand this whole thing. And I, I was really I just, frustrated because I love the Thursday Friday. Yeah. Because look, putting work aside, it's also just a lot easier with family to watch on a week. Like I don't control my own schedule on Saturday afternoon very much. And I'm guessing you don't either. Right, Rob? So it's just like, I was like, ah, UNCG is playing at 1230 on Saturday. Like, I'm like, I hope I can watch that. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. We've got something at work where there's yeah. like a March madness party at the office and whatever. They got food and drinks and, so maybe I'll get to watch some games Friday afternoon, but otherwise, yeah, it, it's completely, completely out the window. The idea of me controlling the schedule or controlling the calendar. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and the only thing I would ask you at the very end, Rob, did you see the Lamella goal? Oh my gosh. And the, then the, the rebella. Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> that, that shouldn't happen. Like that's going to extreme lengths not to use your right foot. it really it's it is that is me as a very like a seven-year-old tennis player trying not to hit a backhand yeah like running onto the next court yeah i mean that was one of the craziest goals i've ever seen in professional soccer it's wild his teammates reaction was priceless yeah first of all they're all like they sort of want to celebrate it but they're sort of like come on yeah like that's the guy and then of course in standard you know spurs fashion he goes and he got sent off, didn't he? Gets sent off, which, you know, in large part causes them to lose the match. Right? <laughs> like, it's just Very the, Spursy. Full, the full Spursy experience there. Yeah. So uh, thinking of you, uh, Swag and yeah. Mr. Swag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wherever you are. Rob, I will talk to you next week. I hope we're talking about football. Um, you know, I mean, I, we kind of made light I of it, so but too. I do hope we're, you know, I hope it's not. I just hope the decision isn't made for them, right? If the if the kids have the opportunity to play and they get together and the team and the coaches decide they it's too much, I will respect that decision as well. But I hope it's not out of their hands after next week. So yeah, I think that's probably the best way to look at it. Um, yeah. You know, as fans, I, I say all this stuff like, "Oh, I'm over it," and I, I think I kind of am. But part of that is just rationalizing what I see as maybe the inevitable conclusion of this. If they looked uh, awesome the first two weeks and and exactly. Ukwu, Green, and Fornadel were healthy, yeah. I would I, I have a feeling I would feel considerably different. Right. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean I just feel like the product that we've been watching is very much a work in progress, mm-hmm. which as I mentioned, completely shifted my mind to okay, there's some core pieces here that could be very, very good. But a lot of things need to take place to really get this team hitting on all cylinders. And I think it's more realistic to do that over the course of the spring and get ready to peak next fall. And that's kind of where my head went. And then I think I just emotionally can't undo that. I'm just, I'm very focused on, hey, let's make sure everybody's safe and healthy and there's no major injuries. And we're back with a full team and all the players are supposed to be playing. And um, Fernando's injury took a lot out of me. Like it, me too. It, it took a lot of my enthusiasm for it. Um, me too. And again, that's one where I don't, I wouldn't, I don't expect Liam and his family to say anything to us fans and I wouldn't want them to in the first place. Um, but if I, if I knew for sure that like maybe he's okay, but he's thinking about the draft, I would feel a lot better 
than yeah. thinking that he might be seriously injured and it's hurting him vis-a-vis the draft. Yeah. And that starts to make you feel like terrible about the whole endeavor. <laughs> yeah. <Yes>. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm with you. Yep. Yeah. So anyways, Rob, I will talk to you next Monday. Thank you for the time tonight. Yeah, man. This was fun. Yeah. Go Dukes. Yeah.